the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Always an honor. Today is Tuesday, June the 16th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 16, 1996, Russian voters went to the polls. First time as independent presidential election. President Boris Yeltsin was elected. He was running against the leader of the Communist Party. I'll tell you, he may run stronger or less strong in America right now. The Communist Party is pretty active. Today in 1858, accepting the Illinois Republican Party's nomination for the U.S. Senate, Abraham Lincoln, he said the slavery issue has got to be resolved. He said, quote, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah, that's where he gave that famous speech. And you know what happened after he gave that speech? A number of his closest friends, people that loved him, they were his friends, close to him, believed in him. They came up to him after he gave that speech, and he said, and they told him, including his business partner in the law firm, they told him, they said, Abe, I think you just destroyed any chance of ever being elected president of the United States with that speech. We understand where you're coming from. We understand your passion about abolishing slavery, but we don't think that will get you to the presidential election and elected as president of the United States. Abe said, I will continue and I will follow my convictions. Today in 1883, baseball's first Ladies' Day took place. The New York Gotham's offered women free admission to a game against the Cleveland Spiders. New York won 5-2. to two. But can you imagine that? Making the ladies different than the men? Making them special? I wonder, do they have Ladies' Day at ballparks nowadays? If they did, I wonder what would happen. I suppose some wide-eyed, shrieking feminist would say, don't you dare honor ladies over men. I'm just like men, or whatever. Anyway, First Ladies' Day, 1883. Today, in 1903, Ford Motor Company was incorporated. Today, in 1911, IBM, as we know it today, had its beginnings, but IBM wasn't called IBM. It was called Computing Tabulating Recording Company. It was incorporated in New York State today in 1911. I think changing their name to IBM, International Business Machine, I think that was probably a pretty good move on their part. Today in 1933, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, was founded. President Roosevelt signed the Banking Act of 1933 today. Today uh, in 1967, there was a three-day music festival. They call it a pop music festival. What they named it was the Summer of Love. It was in Northern California and uh, Monterey. 
And uh, I was looking at a list of the people that were performing there today in 1967 at the Summer of Love. Mayor Jenny Durkins of Seattle, she remembers Summer of Love. In fact, she called that occupation um, in Seattle, Capitol Hill. She called it the Summer of Love the other day to the national media. The people that were featured in California, if you have followed such music, I did because I was a youth pastor in those years, and uh, I knew this stuff because I knew what the kids were listening to, and I was giving them a very different message than they were getting from these people. But uh, I noticed Jefferson Airplane, The Who, The Grateful Dead, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Otis Redding. Boy, some of those people are dead from overdose. But anyway, they were the leaders of the Summer of Love, Northern California, Monterey. Today, it started in 1967. Today, in 1978, Jimmy Carter signed the Instruments of Ratification, passing the Panama Canal from the United States to Panama City, or to the country of Panama, actually. Ten years ago today, after meeting with President Barack Obama at the White House, BP, British Petroleum Chairman Carl Sevenberg, he announced the oil giant was establishing a $20 billion claim fund so people could sue them as a result of the big oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. He said he was suspending dividends to the people who own stock in BP because, and I'm quoting him here, he says, because we care about the little people, the small people. <laughs> That's all of us folks that couldn't afford to buy stock in BP. Boy, elitism just shows its face, doesn't it? Yeah, he did that and said that without even probably thinking. He said it publicly to the media. He said, we care about all, all you little people out there. Five years ago today, real estate owner, developer, billionaire, Donald Trump launched his successful campaign to become president of the United States. He gave a speech at Trump, Trump Tower in Manhattan. Remember, he came down the escalator and made a speech, and he said, I'm declaring that I'm running for president of the United States. I didn't know anyone, honestly, that thought he could win. I mean, everybody I knew was intrigued about the fact that he was going to be running for president. But I, I didn't think he would be the the nominee of the Republican Party. I just didn't because there were some, you know, pretty well-known people and among them some very devout Christians running for the presidency. But what did we know? Sometimes, in fact, most all of the time, in fact, all of the time, God's ways are higher than our ways. We had a ruling come out from the Supreme Court yesterday that we need to talk about today because it's being passed off by the press as just another step of progress. I've heard it called that three times since they issued it yesterday morning. Progress. Progress for gays. Progress for transgenders. Pro progress for people who don't know what they are. They don't know if they're male or female. It's being passed off as just a step of progress. Don't worry about it, you little people out there. I mean, that's the intent. I didn't hear anyone say that, but that's kind of the what the message is wrapped up in. Don't you worry about it. We're just trying to be fair with everybody. But what the Supreme Court has done, 
they have usurped the powers of the United States, the separated powers, and they themselves have created law. Now, I know it's just me speaking, and who am I, and the, you know, compared to the Supreme Court, but I'm not the only one. There are, there are lawyers who are constitutional lawyers that are just stunned by what the, what the Supreme Court did yesterday, and you won't get that message in the mainstream or the secular news. It just isn't there. So I want to take some time today and talk about that because it's very, very important. It's going to touch all kinds of small businesses and large, and eventually and ultimately, I personally believe it will have an impact on the churches. And, of course, the churches that are biblical churches will stand up and fight for the right to act upon the teaching of the Bible. So let me give you a little background on that. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. Associated Press is reporting, kind of benignly, but they're reporting. There's a lot of celebration today. You will definitely see that. But the Supreme Court ruled Monday, Associated Press says, that a landmark civil rights law protects gay, lesbian, transgender people from discrimination in employment. A resounding... AP says, a resounding victory for LGBTQ rights from a conservative court. Well, they got two things wrong and one thing right. It is a resounding victory for the homosexual activists. However, it apparently was not from a quote-unquote conservative court, but we thought it was a conservative court. Does a conservative court, one that rules according to the Constitution, actually believe that sexual behavior and skin color are the same thing under the law? That's what they've decided. That's what their ruling implies. The implication of this ruling, it's an assault on confused children. It's an assault on confused adults. It's an assault on God himself. It's putting their fist in the face of God. That's how strongly I feel about this ruling. It's horrible. Associated Press says the court decided by a 6-3 vote that a key provision of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, known as Title VII, that bars discrimination because of sex, among other reasons, encompasses bias against LGBTQ workers. Discrimination is an act. Bias is a thought. I don't hear anybody saying that out there this morning, but they should be, and they probably will. People with a much louder voice than mine is on more media. But that's exactly what this is. They are moving from an act of discrimination to what a person thinks. Bias. About someone else and their behavior. And unfortunately, a Trump appointee to the court, Neil Gorsuch, Christians prayed that the President of the United States, whomever he would be, and we knew that if it was Hillary, we knew what we'd get. We'd get a a minority activist, probably a bisexual or something. We knew that. But we prayed that we would get people who are constitutionalists, like Clarence Thomas, like Scalia, like 
these people that we know of recent history. We weren't asking them to favor anyone except to favor the Constitution, but that has broken down. And the Supreme Court has moved to the far left, the majority, on this ruling. Gorsuch was researched by Heritage Foundation and other outstanding Christian conservative organizations. There wasn't a hint in anybody's mind from what I read at the time he was appointed. And President Trump took the advice of Christians and conservatives and his own instincts and nominated Gorsuch. But he's the guy. He's the guy that came out looking like somebody that we don't even know on this ruling. You never know exactly what you're going to get. That's why the Bible is so clear that we must not put our trust in men or chariots, as the psalmist said. In fact, I was reading in Psalms this morning just myself earlier before I began to prepare to go on the air here live. Psalm Psalm chapter 20 says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, may the Lord answer you in your day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. And then verse 7, verse 7 says this, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. And that is in every decision that we make. We make the best decisions that we can. I think President Trump made the best decision he could, and it was an informed decision. But Neil Gorsuch turned his back on the Constitution and on any conservative thought on this issue. I don't know what he'll do in the future. And he walked away from it. Ronald Reagan had the same problem when he nominated and seated Sandra Day O'Connor on the court. The first first woman, I think she was the first woman on the court. He thought she was a conservative, and Ronald Reagan was conservative in all of his ideology. We know that. But he seated her, he nominated her, she was seated on the court, and she became liberal. Maybe she was all the time. I mean, nobody knows the heart of an individual. But I will tell you unequivocally that Neil Gorsuch failed the president who nominated him, and he failed those who voted for that process, and ultimately, by virtue of voting for the president, voted for him because we believed he was a constitutionalist. He did not act like one on this on this particular ruling, and it's very unfortunate. But that's why we don't trust in chariots or horses, but we remember the name of the Lord, our God. So we have a battle coming up now in regards to this decision by the Supreme Court, this ruling, among many, many, many constitutional lawyers today that are just, they're stunned. Carrie Severino is the president of Judicial Crisis Network, and she's been on several talk shows already this morning. They've been interviewing her. She said that the reinterpretation 
of a federal prohibition against employment discrimination based on sex. She said now includes sexual orientation and gender identity. She said that'll create a tsunami of new litigation against religious organizations. She said the Supreme Court's legal redefinition of sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity opens the door for further left-wing lawfare against religious organizations. It's coming. I saw that yesterday just in my own humble way, and I'm none of the above. I'm not a constitutional lawyer or any lawyer, but I've been around a while, and I've watched these things, and I've paid attention. And I look at these things through Scripture as we do together on this program every day. And my heart told me this is very, very wrong. It's being celebrated. It's being sort of whisked aside as just a news item yesterday, but it's, it's not just a news item. And yes, the gays should be celebrated. It was a huge win for them. And we have now moved the law, which Congress should be making, not the Supreme Court, but we've moved the law from an act of discrimination to an intent of the heart and bias. I hope someone, as I said, that has much, much more influence than I do will say that because it's true. Severino said the Supreme Court left a lot of really important issues open, like how do you balance this with religious freedom? How do you balance it with freedom of speech? If you've got a law, for example, saying that using someone's preferred pronoun is mandatory, or if you can be fined for noncompliance, how do we balance that with some of these other important and even constitutional questions? Those are the things that, for the most part, are unfortunately going to be just decided by a whole range of lower courts and it will be a long time before the Supreme Court even takes up the opportunity to weigh in on what they have created. She said these questions are going to create a tsunami of new litigation. So keep in mind that we do not trust in elected officials. Ultimately, we trust in God, not chariots and horses. But let me continue. This Trump appointee, Neil Gorsuch, he voted with the far-left activists, but so did George W. Bush's appointee, one of them, Chief Justice Roberts. I believe George Bush has been a disappointment to me. I'll be very frank with you. And I, I was very supportive. I mean, I was very actively supportive of him in his first term. But I've been very disappointed with some of the things that have been said with his family that have paraded their anti-beliefs toward the Christian and the particularly the conservative views of things, his daughters, his wife, his mother, even before her death. They were pro-abortion. They used their influence to help advance the abortion industry. Very disappointing to me. But I think George W. Bush honestly believed that Chief Justice Roberts would be a conservative or constitutionalist on the court. Gorsuch was writing... And I'm sure Trump felt that way about Gorsuch. I know he did. He wouldn't have, wouldn't have nominated him. But Gorsuch, writing for the majority opinion, he said, quote, an employer who finds an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Sex plays a necessary and undisguisable role in the decision, exactly what Title Seven forbids. And again, I understand I'm not qualified to argue back and forth with Supreme Court justices. However, that's not exactly what it does. 
And I'm not the only one that thinks that. Title VII speaks to actions. Their new law, and that's what it is, speaks to intent and how you really feel about things. Justice Samuel Alito, Brett, Brett Kavanaugh, they took the side of the Constitution. So did Clarence Thomas. He always does. Thank God for Clarence Thomas. Alito strongly disagreed. He said the court tries to convince readers that it is merely enforcing the terms of the statute, but that's preposterous. He said, even as understood today, the concept of discrimination because of sex is different from discrimination because of sexual orientation. That's exactly what he's saying. They've moved it from, because you're a woman, I will not pay you this much, to because you are you have sexual orientation that I don't agree with, my thoughts do not agree with you, even if I don't take action. That's basically where this lands, and that's what he's getting at. He says we've moved it, they've moved it, from sexual orientation or gender to gender identity. Kavanaugh wrote a separate dissent that the court was rewriting the law to include gender identity and sexual orientation. He said that's a job that belongs to Congress. He said, if you're an LGBTQ activist enabler, this ruling would be to celebrate. But it won't be the last ruling on normalizing homosexual behavior. But as Saravino said, this is going to now be landing in, in, in local courts and in lower courts. And many of them are headed up by very activist judicial judges. And a, an attorney general like a Bob Ferguson in Washington State, knows where the activist judges are seated. And they bring these cases, like the florist in Richland, Baronel Stutzman, they bring them to judges that they already know where they're coming from. And that's how that's going to play out across the country. It's very, very sad. This case was the first LGBTQ rights case since Justice Kennedy's retirement and the replacement by Kavanaugh, and yet it was Gorsuch who turned and walked away from the Constitution. He noted, Gorsuch noted other concerns. He said religious objections are impacted. Impacted would be an understatement. But he said none of these other laws are before us. So he said, we have not had the benefit of adversarial testing about the meaning of the terms, and we do not uh, prejudge any such question today. In other words, I refuse to look at the implications of this law and this ruling. Originally, civil rights laws did not include sexual behavior as an equivalent to ethnicity. I don't know how black people are feeling about this. I suppose many of many of them, I mean, not all for sure, but many of them are liberal Democrats. I suppose they think it's fine. But do they understand I can think of some who are very conservative and Christian who write columns, and I know they're not going to feel good about this, and they'll be writing as I speak today, and you'll see their columns come out. But they're not going to feel good about this because they have fought for this thing since Abraham Lincoln and before regarding slavery and the abolition of of slavery. And now all of a sudden the Supreme Court of the United States is saying the fact that you're black— is just the same as the fact that Junior over here is confused about his sexuality, so he's kind of a woman and kind of a man. He's kind of bisexual, or he's kind of transitional or transsexual, or what? I mean, I can't speak 
for a minority because I'm white. But can they feel good about this? Really? I don't think so. I don't think I would feel good about it if I were a minority and was out there fighting for Black Lives Matter or whatever. The law prohibits discrimination because of sex, but has no specific protection for sexual orientation or gender identity. Because that's a new craziness that has come upon us. And it's come upon us because of sin. We've turned our back not only on the Constitution in this ruling, and I'm particularly focused on Gorsuch. I thought he was better than that. But we've turned our back on God, and that's the real problem. Until recent years, there was a prevailing belief in American culture. It held to the idea that God created humans. As we've gotten rid of God, we've gotten rid of common sense. We believed in America that he created two kinds, male and female. In fact, that belief was so prevalent that it wasn't discussed. It wasn't debated because everybody had read or they'd heard about what God had said. It's recorded in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Boy, that simplifies it, doesn't it? So all of a sudden, as we move God out of the picture and, and move Darwin you know, into the on the throne, as far as human evolution is concerned, all of a sudden we get confused. You always get confused when you take God out of the picture. That's why Patrick Henry said, when, when people forget God, tyrants forge their chains. I am telling you, tyrants are forging our chains as I speak. To the degree that we move God out of the culture, it is to that degree that we embrace the tyrants. Cicero wrote about that in in the Roman Empire, the statesman, the great historian. He said it's about the enemy within, not the enemy outside the walls. And he said they look like us, they talk like us, they seem like they just smelled in. But he said they are the ones that are destroying the foundations of Rome. And we can find that same process happening in our beloved America. So I wanted you to be aware of this today, and I wanted you to know that there's going to be some real consequences from this. They'll creep in. In the dark hours of the night, I I would imagine, but the gay community will be celebrating, no question about that, because this was a big win for them. And it was a great departure from what the Supreme Court is supposed to be. They're not supposed to be a lawmaker. We elect our lawmakers. We go to the poll or we mail in or whatever, but we elect our lawmakers. They go to the Capitol locally and federally in the United States, and they make the laws. If we don't like the laws they're making, then we elect someone else. That's what America is about. That's what democracy is about. That's what a republic is about. And yet, yesterday, the Supreme Court took a position against that on one of the hottest issues and one of the most religiously inclined issues of our times. Well, we'll we'll have more conversation about this in the future, I'm certain. But that's where it is today. Thanks for being here today, and thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I need it. These are difficult times, so thank you in advance.
Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. And thanks for spending a few minutes with me. I'll see you tomorrow.